Welcome to this podcast from Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is Ruthie Griffin. She began telling stories at a young age, first with pictures, then with words. Even though she always considered herself an artist first, Ruth has been writing since grade school. She penned her first book as a teenager and has continued writing since then. Ruth is now the award-winning author of several books, which center on women's experiences. Her latest book, When Live is Angry, is a biographical account written by her with her husband, Maurice, about their journey following her bipolar 2 diagnosis. She's also the founder of Studio Griffin LLC, a full-service vanity press that offers publishing, graphic design, and writing services, as well as a co-host of Authors Up, a streaming radio show that provides a platform for new and establishing and aspiring authors. It's good to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on here. I started reading your book. It's a very interesting uh, dialogue between you and your husband, so I'm really interested to have you tell more about the book and about your story. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to tell it. All right. So we're going to start off with something a little easy. Um, What's the best advice you've ever received? Okay. So the best advice I've received came from my sister, who told me that each day was different So because we are different people with different experiences each day. So no matter how similar a situation may feel, I could never relive an experience that I've already lived. Oh, that's really good. That's a really new one. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it it really has shaped the way, you know, it's made a world of difference for me. So, you know, I'm, I can either grow or I can backtrack, but I can't relive that moment again. So I like that. It's like stepping in the same river twice. You can't do it. Exactly. Good, good, good. So tell us something about yourself that maybe people don't know for the millions of people who are listening. (laughs) Well, actually, um, I had to think about that one because you just shared it. I put it in my bio, but most people don't know that I started writing in um, elementary school and I actually penned my first book when I was 15. Wow, that's impressive. um, Thank you. Um, it's not actually something I would share now, but, you know, it's uh, it, it, having accomplished that when I was 15 was an amazing, um, amazing feeling. I, I started writing when I was in my 50s, so I wish I had written earlier. It's like it's all the books I could have <laughs> written between now and then. But <laughs> Yep. Yep. So share with our audience your journey following your bipolar diagnosis. Okay. Um, well, I was diagnosed first in uh, 2015. I think I actually had my first symptom when I was um, actually right before I turned 15. So it had been about 15 years prior to that, but I didn't start seeing the mood swings until I started having kids and we moved from up north to the south. Um, And 
in 2005, I had already had an onset of adult asthma. So I already felt like I was losing at life. Um, but even now having a name and understanding what was happening to me didn't make me feel any better. You know, I, I started going to my family doctor. Um, then I started seeing a counselor. I finally went to a psychologist, but they could not get the medication right for me. Um, I was still having mood swings. I could not control that. And when you have three small children, it's just, I was like a time bomb, just ready to go off. So, and on top of that, I had rapid cycling. So I was having episodes every two months for two weeks. And it was, it felt like I had no reprieve from any of that. And having grown up in a Christian household, you know, all, all they tell you was, you know what, you just got to pray. You got to believe God for healing. But, you know, whoever heard of God healing anyone from bipolar, you know, you hear God healing people from cancer, from other things. So, but not mental diseases. You know, my own grandmother had schizophrenia. I have other family members who are bipolar as well. So, and everybody just deals with it the way they could. Right. But, you know, I, for me, it was something that I had no hope for, and I just stopped trying. Wow. So for those who and don't know what, what bipolar is, can you maybe explain that to them? Because people may have heard the term before, but not actually know what, what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So bipolar is a uh, mood disorder um, where you go from one end of the spectrum to another. You go from a very high high to a very low low. So you experience um, highs such as uh you do things that are normally, you know, you're, you're on top of the world and then you crash down and you become so depressed that it becomes really hard to even deal with life. Um, it, it, it's very difficult because, again, you know, a lot of people cycle through it and they may go through four episodes a month. I, I have a friend who actually she just goes through two episodes a month, uh, excuse me, two episodes a year. So, you know, Going back to back to back with uh, the episodes, you are always on a roller coaster of emotions. For myself, bipolar 2 diagnosis means that at one point you did have at least one high, high, one manic episode, but a majority of your episodes are depressive. So you are in this constant state of sadness, of just feeling down. For me, I was angry all the time. And it was, you know, I think most people have a misconception that, you know, when you're depressed, you're just sad. But, you know, depression is a, you know, it has physical symptoms. You're fatigued all the time. You're tired. Uh, you have no energy for anything. Um, your body aches. On top of that, your mind is telling you that there is nothing to be hopeful for. You know, at, at some point you start idealizing death, you know, and that turns into possibly becoming suicidal so it, it just it's it's degenerative i believe and it's just it just gets worse with every episode if it's not treated wow so in your book I, that helps kind of frame our next question here for those who didn't get that so in your book uh, i think it was chapter one uh just talk about the storms um mm -hmm. i love how you and your husband talked about the the marriage vows for better or for worse so how does that those trials impact your marriage? Oh, they did a terrible job on it. Um, my husband is a quiet man. So, 
you know, I'm only quiet in new situations. Um, so I did most of the talking in our marriage, but because of the bipolar, it was negative. You know, it was, I had such a negative outlook. I had no hope and he just, he shut down because of it. So we weren't connecting. And after a while, we just stopped trying. You know, he, he felt I would always be negative and I felt that he just wasn't there for me. So we were both angry and we didn't understand that because we weren't talking to each other. And it took us hitting rock bottom to understand that, you know, we needed to submit ourselves to, um, you know, because we weren't able to fix it. You know, if we kept going the way we were going, we were going to end up in divorce. Now, we both said, OK, divorce is not an option. However, you know, if you keep going down that road, that's where you're going to end up. So it took us both getting to that place for us to realize, OK, we need to start listening to God, you know, and God was telling him to talk more and he was telling me to be more quiet. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, and again, it, it's amazing the people that God puts in your life, because uh, my sister, the one who gave me that advice was also the one who told me, you know, hey, you know, when I called her, you know, we had come to a point one evening where he just he wouldn't call me back. You know, we had a small situation um, with our daughter um, who was an adult at this point. But, you know, he, I had to talk to him. He wouldn't call me back. And I was I was done. And something just said, call your sister. And, you know, thank God that she did because she talked me down. You know, she started with prayer. She talked me down and she said, OK, now you need to be quiet. And these are some of the things that you can do. And it was at that moment that, you know, we both started healing and that and that really is the amazing part. When you set God into the foundation of your marriage, he will be there with you no matter what you're going through. And, you know, even as I realized as he was talking to me, he was talking to my husband as well. So he was able to work out our marriage at the same time so that we were in sync once again. So you talked about how different your personalities were doing all this. Mm -hmm. What did you learn in this journey about yourselves and about your marriage? I think the biggest thing we learned, honestly, is it's that we needed to listen to God. You know, we, we, you know, we had our wedding vows, you know, we have them, I have them framed sitting in our bedroom, but you know, to be honest, for a long time, I didn't look at them. You know, I said them, I knew what they were as a pretty picture and stuff. But, you know, it, it is for better or for worse. It is inviting God to be, you know, partner with you. And he knows us best. He knew what I needed. He knew what my husband needed. And he knew how to fix both of us. And we he knew that we needed to be more open with each other. So, you know, that that. That was the best thing that that was the biggest thing that we learned going through all this. That was that we needed to start listening more to God and start listening less to ourselves. Right. I love and when we, I think we were talking, you shared with me that when you started the book with your husband, that you yeah. really worried he wasn't going to get his part done. But he finished before you did, I think you said in, in our conversation. So tell me about how that worked out, working writing a book together. Actually, um, so we um, I had no clue that he had started and that was actually part of his process. Um, he had um, like I said, my husband was not a talking man. So a lot of what was in the book, I found out after the fact. And 
um, he wrote his part and then he said, here you go. <laughs> and I was like, here I go, what? Because I never expected to write the book. You know, I, I knew I would eventually share my story because God has done truly miraculous things in my life, not just in my marriage, but with the bipolar as well. But, you know, I did not expect to write that book. And I actually didn't want to because I knew I would have to relive that. So, you know, I took my time writing my part. At one point, I just put it down. And I said, oh, I'll get to it. You know, six months later, you know, I picked it back up again. And God said, go ahead and write it. And, uh, you know, from there, it, it really was a seamless process because we went back and forth and back and forth. And even in the back and forth, um, it it was um, understanding each other more and being open with each other more and living what God wanted us to live. You know, that openness in the marriage instead of, you know, him not talking, me talking too much and going back and forth. So we know marriage isn't a fairy tale, but how mm-hmm. is your story now? <laughs> I'm happy. Let's put it that way. So, it, you know, and it's still, you know, we're, we're dealing, you, you put two more than one person in a room, you're going to have conflict. So um, no marriage is easy. But again, you know, if God is in it, it, it's a lot better. So, you know, the the things that we dealt with before, we do not deal with now because we've been through it. You know, and again, I think that it goes back to what my sister said, you know, hey, you know, if you lived it, you're not going to live it again. And I've determined that I'm not going to live that again. So, you know, understanding now, and I think happy is probably a wrong term because happy is an emotion, but joy, I think, is a constant state of mind. And just understanding what God has done, what he is doing, it just keeps us both in a state of joy. That's great. I love that. So tell people more about the book, kind of how you laid it out, where they can find it, just whatever you want to share about it that we didn't sure. cover. Okay. Uh, so the book is titled When Love is Angry, and it is um, our, our journey. So my husband and I, um, we write back and forth. So it is a two-way conversation. So you get his viewpoint and then my viewpoint. And it pretty much starts off from the time that we met to, um, you know, just recently, you know, where we come to the point where we wrote the book and, you know, just our journey through the downs and back through the and up through the ups. So and um, it's a short read, you know, it doesn't take you that long to read it, but I think that it, it, it'll it have an impact on those who do read it. And it's, um, you can find the book wherever books are sold online, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble. So, yeah, I, I started reading. It was like, it's, it's just such a nice flow to it. I love how mm-hmm. you guys did. It was a unique book. Um, it was like this conversation and it's always great to get both sides of a difficult story. Yeah. And yes. to see yourself in either in both of those those individual stories, so I really appreciate your vulnerability because to write a book like that, you had to be vulnerable, both of you. So I, I commend you for that, that authenticity. Thank you. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. So that's I I, I applaud your courage. <laughs> Thank you, and I'll tell you, it was courage because, like I said, I did not want to write the book, you know, and it wasn't that again that I didn't want to share. It was just hard going through it the first time and it was difficult going through this the second time when I actually wrote it but and my husband will tell you the same thing because you know he he lived through it 
he didn't tell me any of it and then he had to write it down right. so <laughs> it was uh it was difficult and I, i'm i'm learning to understand just how courageous we were to say that and i know that sounds a little egotistical but i think that if someone can start a conversation and be open enough i think a lot of people can relate to that you know even some of the responses we've had from the book people are saying oh my god you know that's exactly what i'm going through or you know here's my story i have people opening up to me that i've never met you know who have read the book and say you know telling me their story because i was able to share mine so that has been a positive outcome from the book so for somebody who's going through bipolar is there, is there some advice you would have for them some words of wisdom that from your own experience oh absolutely um Number one, I would say, you know, don't lose hope. Don't. That is the first thing, because when I lost hope, I stopped trying and I went down a slippery slope that if it hadn't been for God, I would not be here today. Um, there is another way. Um, and that was one of the Bible verses that I held on to was first Corinthians 10, 13. You know that what we're afflicted with is common to humanity, you know, but God has a way out. So he had a way out for me and he has a way out for everybody, you know, no matter what you're afflicted with, you know, and for bipolar it's I would say, read up on it, you know, understand your body, understand your mood swings, understand who you are, because your answer is in there. You know, I had to, um, you know, for the longest time, God kept telling me, let's write everything down, write everything down, track your moves and. I was just too lazy to do it. But once I started doing it, that's when I started understanding my cycle. I started understanding that I was rapid cycling, that I was having an episode every two months for two weeks. And when I finally understood that, I was able to understand my responses to what was going on. You know, since then, I've been able to remove my a lot of the triggers. I've been able to come off of my medication. I've been able to do a lot of things that I never would have thought was possible if I had just lost hope. So there, there's, you know, there is a lot, you know, God has a way out and there is a lot that we can do um, in this. You know, it, it is not a death sentence. It is a process and it's not easy. It requires discipline, but, you know, you can live with this and you can live successfully with it. So for those people who are living with people who are bipolar, any advice, your husband might give to those people? Um, he would tell you to listen. Um, he would tell you, don't talk, you know, don't, you know, because oftentimes in the beginning, especially his response to me was pray. Why don't you pray? Why don't you believe God? You know, and especially coming from Christian upbringing, you know, a lot of it and, you know, everyone's different. You know, we had two um, different denominational upbringings, but uh, I, I think the the misconception was the same that, you know, if you're taking medication, hey, you're not having faith. Sometimes this isn't about faith. You know, you have to start looking at this like it is a disease in the same way that cancer or diabetes or anything else is. Just because you don't see the symptoms does not mean that it's not real. So, you know, you so if you do have someone who is suffering with that, stop listen don't you know don't be so quick to offer advice if you don't know if you've not been through it you know and i would recommend you know start reading up on it start understanding what it is 
and that's where you can start helping that person. You know. Yeah, you mentioned you had triggers. Um, what are some triggers mm-hmm. people may maybe need to be aware of if they do have bipolar that may help them? Um, and, and each person is different, um, but a lot of it are, um, for me, they were triggers that, you know, it might be a past experience. Um, you know, for me, it was, um, I, you know, my dad left at an early age, so I had abandonment issues and, you know, it it was just, my mind would go there and it's not so much what the triggers are, but I think it's understanding that, um, something can be a trigger. You know, again, I have a friend who is bipolar and for her church is a trigger because she had an episode at church. So her mind immediately goes there whenever she has it. So, it's less saying, okay, what the trigger is, but how we respond to it. You know, for her, it's not to say, well, okay, well, God is at church, so you need to go to church. No, it's saying, okay, well, let's talk about this. Let's find out. You know, the ultimate goal is to come back. The ultimate goal is to not respond to these triggers. So it's understanding what the triggers are and then trying to understand that person and trying to help them change their response. Because ultimately, if you can do that, you can remove the trigger. Great. So what do you want your legacy to be? That's one of my favorite questions for people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that question. I've actually been thinking about it more lately. But, you know, I, I, I think ultimately I want people, you know, when they think about me, I want people to know that God is a healer, that it doesn't matter what your affliction is, that he has a way out, you know. For the longest time, I believed he couldn't heal me, but I know that he can. I know that now. And I want people to see, when they see me, I want people to know that. That's great. Anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, no, I think you covered most of it. It's just, you know, um, again, I don't, I, I never intended to write the book, but I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad for the opportunity to share it because I want people to know that God is a healer. Great. Well, thank you for this. I really, really appreciate it. Where can my listeners find you on social media? Okay. I am on Facebook at author Ruth Griffin, um, one word. And I'm also on Instagram at Ruth Elena Griffin. That's R-U-T-H-E-L-E-N-A-G-R-I-F-F-I-N. Good. See, I couldn't do that. I'm like, how do I spell my name? Uh, (laughs) I have to think about it, too. Well, thank you so much. This was great. I'm so glad you reached out. I really pray that people pick up your book because, like I said, I started reading it. It's a really well-done book, well-written. I love your approach, and I love the back and forth and the transparency. So just thank you for your heart, for your passion, and so glad that God used you and your husband to be a blessing to so many. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website at HHTPS from mess to miracle dot buzzsprout.com 
You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. You can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember, out of our messiness, God makes miracles.